We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the club episode where we are talking about thor love and thunder otherwise Man, known as the first marvel movie i've seen since whatever the last event was. so since endgame sure if that was the second of the two then that's yes what it been. yeah it's the first okay so let's I'm telling how to start this one because it's always fun with the superhero movies because you don't always love them. Uh, let's start with let's start with the Rage, right? So, so this is your first because you like Ragnarok, right? So this is so, so at least you like the style of movie. What what are your initial impressions when you walked out of Thor: Love and Thunder? I don't know. It, it's this movie has, I think. An identity crisis in the sense that it wants to be something different, but it still needs to follow the Marvel kind of outline. And you can kind of feel when they're like, okay, well, we have to do this because it has to tie in with this and set up that and reference this other thing. You know, like... Everything else in this movie wanted to keep it as separate as possible. Right, like... Psycho wanted to keep his movies... kind of his movies... with uh, Ragnarok and then this... And this feels like it's trying way too hard to, uh, especially in the beginning, when it's all about the Guardians. Like, okay. So, I, I agree with you, the Guardians have been one. I think, I think there are pieces in the beginning, though, that I think I really like. Um, so I think, I think, as we'll get to, I think, I think, um, wow, what is the actor's name? I think I died. Have this ready. Uh, when like when we see stuff like when you see Christian Bale as Gore, I think that's a really cool opening. Also, I, I yeah, think the opening the, of this movie being a quiet, like the cold open. I really like that cold open. Which did they not do this with some of their other Marvel movies? 
Uh, it's hit or miss. So, like, Endgame's a very famous cold open. Um, Infinity War, obviously, cold open is is Thanos kind of like it is is the is the exact uh, ending of Ragnarok. But but as a whole, cold openings are not super common in the MCU. Or it's like, oh, here's a superhero thing happening. Where this very much was like a cold opening, and we're setting up the villain. I think that's a probably more unique case of it. Also, the fact that we never had a true title card for this movie until the very end was awesome. Uh, we had a title card, did we not? No, it was just the Marvel mm-hmm. uh, sequence. Which, which that Marvel sequence, I thought was cool in the sense of that you probably care less, but actually, none of you know, it includes the shows in that Marvel sequence, which I think is the first time we saw that no. in a theater. Oh, shit, what was it? One of the other ones did, and I remember seeing stuff on Twitter about um, it. It could have been Strange. Oh, I just don't remember seeing it in Strange. I don't think it was Doctor Strange. I feel like it was before that. Because so our, our like Phase 4... That. So our Phase 4 films post-TV shows go, I think in order, Black Widow to Shang-Chi to Eternals to Spidey to Doc to this. Yeah, I, it might have been for Spider-Man. I feel like I saw people talking about this before. This is, could also be another situation of which... Uh, White House has fallen or whatever. Was it that I was like, oh yeah, yeah I've seen this movie. And you're like, no, it hasn't come out yet. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I can tell you... St- exactly how this goes and it could have it could be that um where Mm -hmm. i'm just like you know merging together the uh conversations that are which is a very possibility but yeah, uh, but yeah, otherwise though so it sounds like you are a mixed bag for the film would that be a fair way of calling it um. Yeah, I guess like the high points weren't enough to make me feel great about this movie. Um, granted, there were very few points where I was like, "This is just flat out stupid." Um, and so it didn't take me into hating this territory. But, I don't know, I guess part of the reason that I don't feel great about this movie is, like, Gore, or whatever his name is, doesn't feel like a... This is something I want to talk about with this, with him exactly. So, I'm kind of, I think I'm in a similar boat to you in this. But something with the Gore, to me, is a, is a villain that I think could have been great. But I think the problem was, is they talked about his power and they showed it to us. Like, he killed the one god in the beginning, and obviously you'd go head-to-head with Thor. But I wish, like, throughout the film, they either set him up and, like, showed his power, like, we actually saw it. Or I wish they did a better point of explaining that sword, right? Because that sword obviously existed in the world forever. So to me, I feel like that sword should have been a thing that they were, like, when they talk about they showed flashbacks or gods being killed that, like, we heard in history. Like, find a way to, like, actually make it make sense. Yeah, I mean, like, it's hard to follow up, right? Like, Thor killed Thanos. Right, so how do you 
how is Thor ever in danger? Mm-hmm. Right, it's the Captain Marvel problem. Where the character is so strong that how do you make anything remotely a problem? And like, obviously with the Necroblade, like they try to talk about like, oh, this is the only thing that can kill gods. But that's not true because gods can kill gods. But is that true though? When when have we seen a god kill a god in the MCU? We haven't, but also they rarely talk about the other gods. Like I feel like sure. Thor is the only time you ever hear them talking about other gods. Which kind of makes sense in a way, right? Like the rest of the MCU is very like American in quotes. Mm-hmm. Where it's well, at least earthly. Even the ones that are international, at least earthly. Like yeah. Eternals was set in London, but like it's still like this broadly kind of like well, but, the, the foundation like, is Earth. More of like none of the other um, characters are based on other mythology, right? Like Thor is the only one where. It's based on a character, which they reference several times, right? They reference his name and everything. And so there's baggage that comes with that. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Referencing a real thing in a comic book brings along the baggage of, well, you're going to have to reference the other stuff. And they've handled it fairly well. Especially Taika. Like, Taika's too much. I, so. I, I, I at least don't throw it. It's not like you don't either. I don't think it's a bad film. I just think it's not a standout film. Like, I think it's fun. I, I think there is... I think every complaint we're talking about is something where it's like... Uh, where this film is... Um, I mean, it's like, noticeably a Marvel film. Right? Like, sure, but I also think... I want her to describe really well as Candy. With a film that in the moment it's really fun, but when you come back and think about it, there's not something to think about. Yeah. Like, the Batman... Right. You can change a few things and make that not a comic book movie and keep 99% of what they already shot. Right? Mm-hmm. All the Marvel movies are very clearly a Marvel movie. They're very clearly a superhero. Like, you can go into, like, if I showed somebody Eternal. Or if I watched Eternals, not knowing that it was a Marvel movie, skip the Marvel intro. I could tell you with probably 80% certainty halfway through the movie that, oh, this is a Marvel movie. Because they just have a cookie cutter kind of playbook that they all hit. Right? And... With Ragnarok, it was nice because it felt. Mm. With this, it feels like it wants to keep that different that was introduced with Ragnarok. But also, like, Feige was like, okay, look, dude, you need to set up 
the next movie. You need to set up this crossover. You need to set up this or that. And it felt did like- that because I, to me, a complaint I would have is I don't think like it is a Marvel film and its foundation and and the characters in it, but I don't think it set much up for the future of the series in a, in a big way. Well, so the post credit scene obviously references what's going to be next for Thor. Sure, but that to me is like a I, like totally agree with you. But that, I don't know. To me, I wouldn't consider that one scene kind of being the the crux of saying it set something future up. No, well, so also like that's. That's kind of the problem that has happened here, right? Like, Taika wants to keep these things different, so he doesn't always connect stuff. So it does feel kind of like this weird... Almost like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, I don't... I feel like I didn't need to see that movie. You didn't. Don't worry, you didn't. All you had to see was the end of it, where literally he goes into the portal and that's the beginning. You see it in... In Endgame. Like, that's all you need to see for that film. Like, I feel like I could have skipped Love and Thunder. And I was ready to. Right? But you were the one who was like, oh, let's do that for Movie Club. Because I also thought, I was like, oh, it's, it's like, in my head, it's shooting Ragnarok too, which I'm like, you at least like Ragnarok. Like, it, like, yeah. like obviously there's problems, but like, I'm like, oh, the other day, I'm like you're not going to be in pain at this film because it's, it, and I, and I think in a lot of ways, this foundationally is Ragnarok too, but I think there was just some differences there or how they treat certain things. I will say the references that they had in this movie towards the Norse mythology was amazing. Like the screaming goats are a thing, which I love that they brought. The goats were the goats were great. So so the goats I think were funny because they. Both oversaved the welcome, but them overstaying the welcome made them great. Well, and I guarantee people that didn't realize that that was part of Norse mythology of there are these world goats that pull a ship around. Like, that's part of the Bifrost stuff. Like, you know, in Norse mythology, there's just these space goats. And they scream like that. So the fact that they bring those in, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I will admit, until I figured out what they were trying to go with, I was a little annoyed with them. But then once I realized, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, this is a really cool reference. And then with the kids. The, the kids was a fun moment. Yeah. Well, so you notice how the the lightning split up between everyone. Mm-hmm. That creates the life tree. Mm, like, that's I did not exactly catch that. what it looks like. Um, so that was a really cool reference. Like, I don't think anyone else in my theater got it. There was one guy that was like a couple seats down. That was definitely a Marvel, like pervert for lack of a better <laughs> term. Right. And that was like, Clapping at the end of the movie and hooting and hollering and all that. I don't think he realized what that was. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over there going, fuck yeah. Like, get your subtle references in. Also, I love that they had Valkyrie as a king. Because that's what the title is. Right? Like, there are no queen titles in, uh, in Norse mm-hmm. mythology. Like, they just don't exist. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they kept that and called her king was 
I thought amazing. Right, because I was like, oh great, they're gonna call her queen because you know, gotta stay PC or whatever. Right, like. But I did. I did very much appreciate how they like screw that. Yeah. Like that is a great little thing. Um, I do want to jump into kind of the trauma that kind of we kind of jumped on, but I want to talk about the cast of this film because I think there was a few standouts um, kind of in it. Uh, I think I think so. Thor is Chris Hemsworth, obviously, and, and um, Tess Thompson is Arpy. I think I think Christian Bale. Uh, there was some stuff like where Tiki was doing like some press stuff with this film, and I think he might be accurate. He goes that that on paper. Boy, the God Butcher might be one of the scariest villains ever in the MCU, and I think there's a truth to that. Uh, again, I think it was not showed well, as we talked about, where I think it's, it was explained and not showed. Well, I think that's a problem. But I, I do like him, and I think Christian Bale really... Pl- it's almost like Christian Bale's a good actor or something. Because he played that really well. Yeah. It's almost like, you know... Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a good reference. Like, they build up this this crazy boss or whatever. Right in a video game, and then it comes out, and it's like this, you know, shell of a human being that you can just like push, and it falls over, and you eat it. I felt like that's what this, you know, like they're hyping up the God Butcher, like, oh, this dude kills gods. Right, I was fully thinking, like, okay, this is another Thanos, or Thanos level. Well, he made also the thing which I think, which I think goes back to my core problem is Thanos. They were really good at humanizing. Where, where I think this was one of the examples where, like, humanizing. So the combination of showing his motivations, his strength, and then like kind of why he does what he does. Where I think Gore, I think they didn't show that they they had a good intro of like why he does what he does. But I think the rest of it is where they kind of they flailed on. Yeah, I mean, like, what, his whole premise is that, oh, he's just going to kill every guy. Mm. So, like, this is something that I would love to have seen them explore, like, at least the idea. He's eventually going to become a god, if he's doing that. No, he doesn't get their powers. No, like, people are going to start worshipping him. Right, right, right. I right, wish so I wish they kind of showed that. As soon as that happens, does he then have to kill himself? Right, like that's that's something that they could have explored. And I felt like that could have been a really interesting way to end the movie. But make him more of a cult leader-esque figure at some point. Yeah. yeah like, I think those kind of like, things. Because it felt like he had no army behind him other than Shadows. A cool power. I wouldn't put it. I actually think that was a cool was, power, and I think they showed it. That was pretty cool. And I, the effects were, were great. Um, everything else about that character sucked. Which again, because again, I think the scenes that that he got, I think he was good in. I think the problem is you just didn't take time to explain it well. Yes, Christian Bale nailed his role. Yeah, what Christian Bale was given, I think he did honestly yes, really, really well. It was really the material well. that he was given that failed him. Mm-hmm. Also, it was not. Like, the end, end, of, the end of the movie, right? Like, them, oh, we're just going to convince him, right? Like, love is going to win all, or whatever bullshit they were trying to go with, right? To get him to not wish to kill all the gods. 
and instead wish for his daughter back. Like, no, that dude was so far down the path. There was no condition. Right? Like, if that was a real conversation, you could have had that conversation and maybe convinced him about ten gods in. Right? If he's... They show a number, like 1,500 distress signals, right, on Guardians. To be fair, it doesn't mean he killed 1,500 gods, it no. just means they're 1,500... Because they, they could have worshipped the same god for we now. Yeah. But let's cut that into a third. He's killed 500 gods. Minimum at this point, right? He's way past that point. Getting my daughter back. Or caring about getting his daughter. Right? Like he has already passed that point mentally. He has crossed that bridge and he's going to finish the deed. And it just felt like such a, like, I don't know. I hated the way they ended up. I, I don't know if I hated it. I, I, I feel like it was about halfway through, it was very obvious what was about to happen. I think that was part of my problem. Like, like when once you realize that um, Stormbreaker was the key, I think that was that moment. The rest of the film kind of like obvious what was about to happen. Yeah. But right. yeah. Uh, the- so getting to the whole, the whole Stormbreaker being the key thing, like we have to address Jane. We haven't done yet. Going next. That was, that was my next thing. I think. This is her best performance of Jane, and and again, it's kind of like you put an insanely good actress in this role. Put an insanely good actress in a role where they really didn't have to do a lot. Sure, but but what you gave her, I think, were emotionally intense stuff, like like yeah. like her fighting cancer. Like I think that like she played those scenes really well, and you could see that kind of struggle in her, kind of like, yes, like what what do I do? The, you know. Half of more than half the time she was on the screen, there was CG stuff, so there wasn't a lot of need for her to facially act, right? Like she was acting through her body movements, a little easier, but um, I do agree that this was the best Jane. Because I've only ever seen one other Jane, because I skipped Dark World. Um, I think, from all reports, everyone should have skipped Dark World. And having her as a not not the Thor, but a um was an interesting move. Because that's kind of where they separate from mythological aspect of it, right? And get into the the comic aspect because there's only ever one Thor, and it's Thor. Oh, uh, no, Mighty so. Thor was Mighty Mighty Thor was a thing in in the comics. To be fair, I know that's what I'm saying, right? Like it. it it separates itself from the mythological background Thor is based on. 
and goes into the comic book aspect that the movie's based on. I really wish, because you have this material already, why not explore Norse mythology? Right? If you're going to have a Norse god, why not actually... Yeah, especially because it'd be one thing if you didn't kill her off. Because then I was like, oh, you're setting up the next door. Well, obviously, like, that didn't happen. Right? So that becomes a very interesting kind of line of... Of, like, what, like, do you need to do that? Yeah, and I feel like... Because... Goal's daughter is the only character that really carries over or appears to carry over. I'm worried about the Thor franchise. And it just feels like the MCU spin into goddamn wheels. Uh, it feels like, I think I heard described what I think would be a fair description is that the MCU right now, even though it is phase four, feels like one again. Because, because like, most of them, this has been, like, there have been a couple sequels and, like, a couple kind of new characters, and we don't even know where we're heading. So, like, the last two phases, that we all knew the end point was Thanos, right? Where, where like, I, I don't think it's Zeus. Like, I, I feel like the Zeus thing was totally a, that's Thor's next adventure, not the MCU's well, no, next Avengers Zeus. moment. Okay, but the point is, like, I feel like that's still part of Thor exclusion thing. I don't yes. think it's a, like, yeah, I, 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 really, they... I really just the way it's set up. I don't think yeah, it is. I don't think they bring over Hercules to fight the Guardians. Right, because that's, that's a little too weird. Um, I do feel like Phase 2, Phase 3, they were just on train tracks. Right, like Phase 1 was getting them onto the tracks. As soon as they started phase two, it was like, this train is going full steam ahead, right? It has a path, and it's following that path. Post-Endgame, granted, this is the only movie I've seen, but online talk about the Eternals was okay. People like Spider-Man for the references. Uh, and then Doc Strange and Shang-Chi people generally be like, at least Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi's the one I think is the standout for most people for this so far. Yeah, well, and so I was getting like, like People like Spider-Man for the references. I feel like Doctor Strange completely fell off the face of the planet. It was a thing and then it wasn't. Which is funny because like, I think it's actually pretty good, but I agree with you in the sense of like people stop talking about it very fast. And Shang-Chi... Like, it did really well. Yeah. Shang-Chi is like, okay, this is something new. It's cool. It's trying to point to Asian market. I feel like with the way things have gone, um, with the Chinese film market... I really hope they continue with the Shang-Chi thing. But it wouldn't surprise me to see them try and change. Mm -hmm. Right, because like the Chinese film industry is a crater right now, right? Like 
China's so hell-bent on this zero-COVID policy that its cities are constantly locked down. So movies aren't coming out. Nobody's going to movies. Chinese censorship board is getting pissed off at the West, rightfully so, because the West is just throwing up a middle finger to them several times. For the record, I back the West doing that, but I understand yes, why they're pissed I off. I absolutely back it. <laughs> I absolutely back it. I understand why they're mad, though. Like, you understand logistically why they're mad, but at the same time we talk about, like, other stuff. We agree with them. <laughs> like, like, it's the conversation we had about Top Gun, right? Like, you can't change that. You can't change the patches on his jacket. There are so many of those jackets out in the world. Right, that either people have bought uh, fakes have been sold, people have made their own. That jacket that jacket is iconic and you can't can't change anything about it because people are gonna I feel like since let's call it so they've had five Phase four movies. They're batting, what, 200? It's six, actually, but go on. Um, in order, Black Widow. Oh. Black Widow's one. So Talk it's Black Widow. I forgot about. <laughs> so the order in my head, if I'm right, is Black Chi. Well, Black Widow. Shang Shang Chi. Uh, Eternals. Spidey, Doc, and now now this. Okay, so they've had six. The fact that I forgot about Black Widow should prove to you that they've only been successful on one. So let's see. Shang Chi's, I think, are baseline of really success. Yes, that's one Spidey's. Of Spidey's like the next, maybe, maybe not, depending if you ask. And then I think Strange kind of is that next, also kind of like a little less successful, but there's definitely like that level. I think the rest then are kind of your. So at most, you've succeeded on two of these. And two of them were tied together. Right, with, with Spidey and Doctor Strange. The fact that I don't know what's going on and that there's no path that I can see should prove to you this is a disaster. I will be very curious, because I think standalone some of these ones are fine, right? Like that we said, even the ones that aren't putting us on a path yet. So I want to I wanna still give them the benefit of, they pulled this together before, and maybe they will, maybe they won't, right? Because there also is a TV show that I'm talking about, which, again, though, I still find a way that none of them kind of pull into a direction yet. Um... So it'll be interesting, kind of, to see, because like, because like the direction that we watched, like Wanda is is the villain of it, right? and that like that was actually a direction that was kind of actually pulled from the shows, and actually kind of that that was the one time that even though from Strange that you actually saw a direction being pulled, right? Because like you didn't see them, but like Loki explained a piece of it, Wanda was just, like these things explain pieces of it, and like now we know that like Cap Four is coming, and then they set up Cap Four in. Falcon Witch Soldier. So, like, I'm going to be curious if the rest of these other disparate pieces, though, can kind of actually come together fully. You know what this is reminding me of? 
<laughs> I feel like we've talked about this before. The MCU reminds me of the Destiny lore. Where, specifically the Destiny 2, where all of that shit was on a different site. Right, so if you wanted to read about the gun that you got, or read about why certain characters hate each other, you had to go out of your way. Like, none of it was explained. I feel like that's what the MCU's doing. Like, the TV shows are setting up the movies. Yeah, and it might be, and again, I don't know if it is, but like that, I think that's quite a fair comparison. Um, and, and to be fair, like, Comic-Con's coming up in a couple weeks here. We might know what's being set up then, because there is a Marvel panel, we know that for a fact. We only know a couple things in it. Um, and that was the 2019 Marvel panel, is when kind of we, all this stuff was originally kind of announced. And then COVID obviously hit. Um, so I, I will be very curious to see kind of, does, does all this kind of change and what do we all think kind of post that and knowing what's all heading, but. I feel like we could, we've been going for about half hour. I feel like we could go on for hours. Yeah. About this. Let's, let's wrap this up. It's just like. And again, I will point out, there are pieces I think both of us really like in there or find fun. Like it is the Watiki charm is in this film. I also think maybe they needed a couple more editing passes to kind of control him in this film. I, I think that's probably what I'd say. Like, I think they might have put Watiki too far off the leash on this one. So, I saw something and uh, Taika was like, this is the gayest Marvel movie ever, or whatever. And I think I saw it, fri- I, I saw the comment Friday, so somebody had already seen it and was like responding to that. Like, well, if you know what he's been doing with uh, what we do in the shadows and light means death and some of his other projects are like, this thing barely scratches the surface. And like, it's true, right? Like the only thing that we saw was Valkyrie's, you know, kind of desire to get Jane. Right. Like that was the only thing. So, uh, no, or or the Korgs being gay or whatever. There's a couple of things kind of there. Well, but also like, there's no proof that there's female Korgs. So like, is he calling? Them no, no, guys? stop, stop. No, no, but there is because so Ragnarok. He talked about his mom. So then, how? Yeah, like. Because he said his mom and his dad, his 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 father-in-law, who he hated, was the exact quote. I watched Ragnarok the other night with my girlfriend. That's how I know that. But like, that's literally was the exact quote. Was his his mom and his father-in-law who he hated. So he said the word mom. He didn't say like parent. Okay, he said the word mom. So they're like completely just. So that whole thing was just like bullshit. I guess like, you know, in that sense. Of like, oh, we're just going to have this in here to, you know, keep the gay going. Yeah, like, see, Valkyrie, the Valkyrie one actually offends me a lot less. Because the Valkyrie one, I'm pretty sure, like, in mythology, I thought there was, that's all female. So it's kind of like one of those things. Uh, With that one, at least, like, you could kind of go that extra line in and, like, I wouldn't question it. Because, like, at least, like, even though I feel it's there to be there, uh, it at least kind of, like, a point to something and make some, that jump makes sense. With this one, like with like other stuff, like I see it too. Like I think it was obviously like an end game, right? Where they do a therapy group and like 
one of the Russo brothers is like gay. And it's like, okay, that, that one's totally fine. Well, yeah, the Koi one's really weird because, yeah, they totally set it up in a different film differently. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, look, Thor Love and Thunder is luckily only like two something. Right, like it's low two hours. If it's it's one actually, it's it's hour. T- it's it's runtime is an hour fifty nine minutes. I'm glad it's that short. <laughs> I I think that helps a lot. I think I think which is the, unless they did stuff that we were complaining about of like showing certain things. I think that might be the only time I accept it. But if you did it to like make gags longer, I think it would be too much. Yeah, I feel like some of the gags go on too long. Which, speaking of gags, before we run this up, we have to talk about Zeus for a hot second. Okay. Uh, uh, how do you convince A, Russell Crowe to be Zeus, and then B, what was that accent? It was supposed to be, like, Mediterranean. Was it, though? <laughs> Which makes sense, right? Like, it was more Italian than Greek. Um, it made sense why he had the accent, though. But also, like, in that case, Thor shouldn't sound British. Mm-hmm. Right, which is... And... Yeah, like, it was perfect example of what I was talking about earlier with uh, Thor, right? Like, Zeus is supposed to be this big baddie. Turns out it's fat as fuck Russell Crowe. Which, which, to be fair, I like the whole washed up thing, but then the, the, the post-credit scene makes him feel weirder that he's washed up. Like, if he was just washed up and that was, like, kind of his thing, I'm actually fine with that. Yeah. But then like, at the end when he gets, like, pissed off and he, like, still has his power, like, that to me is, like, that weird line. Yeah, like, I don't know, you clearly should... Like, the orgy the orgy line, I think, was pretty funny, personally. Yeah, but. like, there was some comedic bits of that. Also, did you realize Steph Curry is the Korg representation there? Wait, what? Yeah. In the... That's Steph Curry? Is, like, yeah. the god, the Korg god? Yeah. It's Steph Curry. Also, wasn't it Claude Von... Isn't, like, Claude Von Van Damme, like, references in the beginning of the film? Well, there's a Jane Fonda reference. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, then there's a Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, okay, yes. Uh, I guess uh, there is a JCVD reference in that first fight with the splits. But that's more of like a an homage I wouldn't necessarily call that like a fair. So. Perfect. Let's let's end with how we always end these. So here's the question I'm going to ask you: Do you a skip film? B wait for it to be on Disney Plus in three months, or do you C watch it in theaters now? Uh. Definitely not C. 
So I'm leaning towards B. I think if you enjoy it, I think I think I think there there are bits on this that are good. Even if you don't love Marvel stuff, I I think there is. Like I think like Marvel stuff, there's something there, and I and I think it might just be fun just to watch Thor in some scenes. Is kind of why I'm at. Yeah. On that one. So I'm leaning towards like C for now. Maybe two years down the road, B. Right, like you can skip it for now. It doesn't seem to matter. And but then, I think there's at least an enjoyable time here. Yeah. I agree with you saying maybe don't spend the 50 bucks people spend at theaters, but like, hey, if you have Disney Plus and you're bored one night, I think there's an enjoyable time here for sure. Yeah, but you don't need to wait until it's on Disney Plus to see this. Sure. Right, like you can you can push this one off. Sure, but I mean like when it's on there one night if you're bored, I think it's a totally like, you're not gonna, you're yeah. not gonna hate your time. Yes. I don't think like, we even talk about like, you don't hate, again, I think there is like the, the screaming goats, I think are one of those things that were just kind of funny. Like, like I think it, I think it's a good time. Um, but yeah, that has been Movie Club for July of twenty twenty two. We back with our shenanigans. We will all that fun stuff, and we'll figure out what our next movie club is in like two weeks. So until then, and that and that note, uh, AJ, final question before we go. What what would be your catchphrase if you were Thor? Okay, so are we doing it in terms of like how they approach it in this movie, where it's like the thing you say as you're about to strike someone? Yeah, yeah, like that's the like you do it as you're about to kill someone type thing. Um. I would probably not say anything as I struck the person. I would just say, let's go fuck this pig, grab my axe, and then just... Beautiful. And on that note, everyone, goodbye. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcasted by me, Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey, by, sometimes by our contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SWW Show on social media at the SWW Show, or sooner or later, you go to patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.